Gracious and loving God, I come to you right now just saying thank you, Lord, for your traveling mercies. Thank you, Lord, for the blessedness of keeping us in your in your hand, keeping us with your arms wrapped around us. Lord, whatever our situations are, you're already taking care of it. Lord, I ask that you move me behind the cross, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be sweet, sweet, sweet sounds unto you. And Lord, that you return to your body, let it be something that soothes their heart and sets their mind upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The sermon this morning is the simple preaching, teaching sermon that will involve the four passages of lectionary. And I start this with a simple question. Have you ever lost something that you really need to find? Ask your neighbor, have you ever lost something that you really need to find? Some of y'all are thinking about the car keys that you had to buy twice because they just never showed up again in the house. You don't know where they went, where you sat them down. You done turned over every place in the house looking for the keys. Teenagers, it's that little piece of paper or that part in the palm pilot or your phone or whatever. You put somebody's telephone number in there and instead of pushing save, you push the erase button. And you calling everybody trying to figure out, do you have so-and-so's number? We are all in a search looking for something that I'm not going to talk about finding tangible earthly things. I want you to think bigger than that. I want you to think beyond that. Have you ever looked for your faith? And some of you may say, no, I've always known where it was. I keep it in my Bible. It's on this third shelf. I have it on the third shelf in every room I go in. I have one on my kitchen third shelf. I have one in the bedroom third shelf. I have one in the bathroom reading room third shelf. I just keep my faith right there. I'm talking about finding true faith with the Most High God that supersedes the book, that supersedes the moment, that supersedes, you can't supersize this because it's already bigger than you can even imagine. I'm talking about having faith when you're in the fire. Not just finding faith anywhere, but finding it when you're in the fire. There's often a story told about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel, and, and, and they're in the fire. And the king's men look in the fire and they say, I thought you said there were only three, but there are four. And what is that about? That's the kind of thing that I'm encouraging each of us to search our hearts and ask the simple question, have we ever lost our faith? The book of Job is a tough book. Has anybody in here had a Job or Job experience and feel like God had sent forth 
a deal with Satan to test me to the nth degree of the world. Anybody else felt like that? When I was 17, I didn't understand that test. I didn't understand that trial. Our biggest test that I understood at 17 was add up all these that made me the line up so when I go before the counselor, all my test scores say what they need to say. Everything is checked off because I'm coming out of here. As much as I loved my high school, I was ready to get out. So my test at that point at 17, yes, I had read Job. Yes, I was excited that my teachers had taught me and my Sunday school directors had said something. But the book of Job came alive yet again when he said to his wife, do you still persist in your integrity? And she simply says, "Cause God in God. I was like, wait a minute. How is she married to a man that is so holy and she knows he's going through all kind of challenges? And the first thing she says, look, man, just curse God and die. Translated into 21st century, hold up, wait a minute, cut it out. You know, just let all of this stuff go. God is just being who he is, and we can get past all this if you just stop with all of this. Job 2.9 is what I read. But I look at it and share with you that it's really important to pay attention to what God is saying. He said that we would have trials and tribulations. He said that there would be things that would happen in our life. He said that things would occur, but he would cover us. He would spare us. He would keep us. He would not allow Satan or anybody else to steal and rob and kill and take away our lives. Job simply said, I'm not going to sin and I'm not going to have sin on my lips. He can do whatever he needs to do. But I'm staying strong in the Lord. So the first point of finding faith is understanding who you have faith in. It ain't about who said and who didn't say, but do you have faith in the Most High God? We said during the proclamation that we declare and walk in faithfulness. We avoid hypocrites. We are shunned at a company of evildoers. We are set aside for the integrity of the Lord. Will we walk by faith and not by sight? But when it gets tight, when it gets a little tight, will our lips say the same? That's where I want to put a pen in it. Because the integrity of each of our callings, the integrity of excellence, the integrity of doing the will of God simply says that we will follow God here, there, and thither, all over the world. Our faith should be sustained to the point that Satan cannot stray us from going where God says go. Are you focused enough to know that your faith is in Jesus Christ? Sometimes that's a tough question. I pondered that on the plane as they told us to buckle up. Gave it a little instructions. The pilot told us what altitude we were flying at. 
And I said to myself, is my trust in the airline? Is my trust in the palace? Or is my trust in Jesus Christ? The integrity says, if this pilot says that he's going to do what he is ordained to do, he will fly this plane to the best of his ability. But there are times in the will of God, things happen that we don't see is going to happen. But do you trust God to look past that thing? And say, anyway, you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. I got teary on the plane because I said, I could sit up here and believe that it's all about the airline pilot. What if he had been drinking? What if he had been smoking dope? What if they didn't pass all the inspections and he slipped something in there and something was going on? Holy Spirit said, do not worry. It ain't about the trial or the tribulation. It's about where you hold on to my unchanging hand. So the first thing about finding your faith is knowing that your faith is greater than that friendship. Knowing that your faith is greater than that individual. Knowing that your faith is greater than that situation. Knowing that your faith is mightier because your faith is in a most high God. It took me a while to get that. I tell you the truth, I had faith in some human situations, but it took me a while to make sure that I could see and look and ask God to increase my faith in the Most High God. And my faith was increased through trials and tribulations. My faith was tested just like Job. Have you ever been tested? And ask the question, where is my faith? Well, we proceed on to Psalm 26, and it simply starts out with the words, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Catch my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes. And I walk faithfulness. I walk in the faithfulness to you. So the psalm, again, asks the same question that Job asked. When it gets tight, will you still have the integrity to trust the Lord? When it gets tight, will you look around your house and say, Do not sweep me away with the sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those whose hands are evil devices and whose hands are full of power. But as for me, I walk my integrity. So along with the question of faith, and this is an everybody question, what does our integrity look like? Back in the day, I would have said integrity is a three dollar word. You know, a little, little of this and a little, little of that and do a little, little of this and a little, little of that. And you can't be a little pregnant. You can't tell a little something in a lie. Either you're lying or you're telling the truth. Either you're walking in the Lord or you're walking with the Satan. It's just that direct. 
But I used to try to jazz it up. What if I walk with the Lord on Sunday? And I walk my way Monday through Friday. And we reconnect on Saturday. Am I still walking in the Lord? But by His stripes I am here. By His grace I am made whole. Because He said to me, you got to walk it every day with me. Don't pick the days you want to walk with me or the seasons or the people or the situations. Either you're with me or you're walking over there. But it's through our integrity we understand what just is just not negotiable. We can love one another. We can speak grace into each other's lives. We can bless one another. We can pray with each other. We can forgive one another. And we have to walk this thing out over and over and over again. The line ain't as thickly drawn in the sand. I stopped out here this morning to help you understand that sometimes the line moves, but the grace and the integrity of God doesn't. For the life that we live, we live and serve a dynamic God, an on-time God, a God who is relevant today, tomorrow, and forevermore. He can look at our situations and speak to it and say, I know who you are. And he doesn't answer us with a yesterday answer. But the integrity of God says, I am thy God. And you will stand on this land. And because of me, your soul will be saved. So it's both your faith and your integrity in Jesus Christ or not. That's not a question you have to give me an answer to. That's not a question that we sometimes choose to give our neighbor. But God said that we, we should confess to one another. He didn't say we should gossip to one another or we should hold each other hostage and do things that he hasn't called us to do. He said that we should love one another. Amen. After you find faith and your integrity is solid. You can't keep it if you don't keep it in love. It's interesting that part of this liturgy this morning was about divorce. Because that's the passage that Mark tends to focus on. He's giving instructions on top of that about divorce. Instructions, he says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Well, I want to park right there and let you know, ain't nothing going on with me and Donnell. We just perfectly fine. This just happens to be the lectionary that was written today. <laughs> so if y'all float around and say, oh my God, she was out of town. <laughs> let me see if something's going on in the pastor house. Check your own house. Love your situation. Love your husband. If you ain't mad, love yourself enough to say, Lord, will you bless me with a husband or wife? I'm going to be ready for it. <laughs> It's about love. It's about integrity. It's about honoring one another. It's about speaking the word of God in truth. It's about having questions and answers in the body of Christ and let them get answered. But if you jump down with me to verse 15, it simply says, Truly I tell you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. 
and he took them by the arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So we must find faith. We must have integrity in our cause. And we must ask the tough questions. But we must enter in with a childlike heart. We must enter in with the pureness of thought. We must enter in with humility. We must enter in being vulnerable unto God. We must enter in with our bodies being emptied and cleansed and say, Lord, fill me up. Make me anew. Turn my life around. Don't hold me hostage because of the thought that I thought. Lord, cleanse me. Oh, yeah, I got my easy walkers on the day. I could jump right on down from here because God has been too good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen my mama for a year in Philadelphia, and she looked beautiful. All of my hair is curly, and my mother's hair is smooth and silver. And I looked in her eyes. And she said, I'm not going to wait until I die to tell you that I love you. I'm not going to wait until it gets drastic in our lives. Yeah. So I stated in church this morning, what are we waiting for in the integrity of our faith? What is it that we're looking for? What is it that we're saying that this and that and the other one isn't taken care of? Are we asking God to heal us? Are we coming to him with humility? And are we simply saying, oh, holy God, cleanse me with his Make me anew. Give me the integrity of my heart. Stand before me. And if Satan tempts me, he can take all my stuff away. He can throw everything, tear up everything, but I'm going to still stand for you anyhow. If my husband says, what you waiting on? If my wife says, why don't you just curse him? I'll turn around and say, not my God. For a mighty God he is. I will stay steadfast and love him until my last breath is breathed out of my body. in the most high God. Will you be vulnerable enough to tell somebody you hurt my feelings but I love you You stepped on my toe and I'm going to turn that around because we learned in conflict resolution that we should own our stuff. My toe was hurt when you stepped on it. 
but I forgive you anyhow. All right. All right. Will you allow your heart and your attitude to be the me? I want to close with this statement. The freedom in knowing God is to live it every day. Some decisions, everybody in the house is happy. But if our integrity is out of order, God is not happy. I sat in my own bed that I grew up in. Some stuff in the room had never moved. Glory to God. I thought out my mother gets it back out of the trash and says, there's a starving child somewhere that can use these things. Pray for her release in the name of Jesus. But I saw my mother different this time than ever before. For the peace of God has taken over her. And no matter whether this be her last day or days to come, my mother has a peace that is greater than anything else. I left there with that part of that peace taped to my hand like I did when I was a little kid. And she would take the note and say, now when you get to school, give this note to the teacher that I have taped to your hand. I even had problems with little pieces of paper back in the day. You know, it takes a long time for some of us to get delivered. But I take this message on my heart. If you truly love and earnestly believe in the Most High God, will you find enough faith to forgive, love, and start yet again? So I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't even have an idea what tonight or this afternoon is going to bring. But if we're all to be here, then what is over needs to be over. And for some of you are saying, what in the world is she talking about? It may not be happening here. But maybe it's happening at your house. Maybe it's happening at the school. Maybe it's happening at the job. Well, you have just decided to fold your arms on Jesus. And you're not like Job. You're like Job's wife. Saying, yeah, have all the faith you want to have. But if it was me, and you feel innocent. Over the next couple weeks, we will celebrate Laity Sunday. I implore you to come and pack this house. Bring a friend. Bring a neighbor. Bring the person up the street from the grocery store that may not know God yet. Because until we share who God is, we're not walking in the fullness of our faith. And you may say, oh, yes, but I talked to my friend at the job. Nothing against your friend at the job that already knows Jesus. But the last person I talked to at my class reunion 
was the greatest stallion in my class. And she looked me in the eye and she said, I've been waiting to talk to you. I said, oh, Lord, what have I written on what piece of paper now? She said, my life has changed. And God spoke to me. And if he can save me, he can save anybody. So if there's a alien in your house, one around the corner, one up the street, that doesn't know Jesus for themselves. It is up to each of us to reach back and say, God, save me, and he will save you. So I close with this. If your faith is strong enough to sustain you, and your faith is in Jesus Christ, and your faith will allow you to forgive because your salvation is built upon the forgiving blood of Jesus Christ, then whomever you having a Job Ed satanic moment with, call them, write them, speak to them, address them in love. So that their soul might be saved. And when the sun goes down on their life, you won't have to worry about where you ever see them again. Because if you're walking in righteousness and they start walking in righteousness, Holy Ghost power will come on.